This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I want to say Mazel Tov to Torah Anytime on that amazing, amazing um, Torahthon and um, raising the money and all the people that gave. Shkayach, being a partner with them. Also at the same time, I'd like to talk about dailygiving.org. I don't hop why there's only 3,000 people. I keep talking about it, I keep talking about it, I keep talking about it, and it's not happening. Dailygiving.org. One word, dailygiving and .org. I know why it's not happening. Moshe, I know why it's not happening. Because there's a lot of people that listen to my share that don't have the internet. And you have to go on the internet to sign on to dailygiving.org. But Washington always talks against the internet. So they're like listening on their phones to my share. And they're like, I would love to do this, but I can't. Because I don't have technology, Baruch Hashem. So the guys at dailygiving.org said, what are you talking about? There's a phone number. You call that phone number and somewhat you leave a message. And they call you and they set you up. So you no longer, just like Torah, anytime you can call in, you don't have to have a device. You don't have to have a device to... Give to dailygiving.org. Uh, so the phone number, everybody should write it down. 914-914-281-1499. Um, that, that's the number. Please call that number or go online if you have a device. Um, at the same time, I would like to speak again for my good friend, uh, Robbie Newman, chickens, chicken for Shabbos. Um, you could go to www. Yad Eliezer, one word, Yad Eliezer dot org, and go to the window that says chicken for Shabbos and help all these agunas and gushas and malamdim. You know, I, I know him very well, and he's very mock, but he's very strict about giving money to rabbeim who don't have any money. They get paid very little. They don't get paid on time, so so they. Um, um, please, 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 www.yadeliezer.org or call, 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 718-261-9723. See, everybody has something. If you don't have a device, everybody has a way to connect. 718-261-9723. Robbie Newman is the man. Okay, so make sure that you help out. Um, all right, so I want you to know that um, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, the money from dailygiving.org went to the ranch. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, today, the money is going to Torah Anytime. Tomorrow, United Hatzala. Friday, is this a late? Yachad Matzei Shabbos. Chickens for Shabbos through Yad Eliezer. They're doing amazing work. Okay. Um, all the girls that are watching that are going to seminary next year, Mitz Hashem. If you're not going to Eretz Yisrael, there is a place in Chutz Laaretz. It's not Eretz Yisrael. You can't go to the coastal Kev Rachel. But the rabbi and the teachers make it feel like the type of teachers that you would get in Eretz Yisrael. And now you must be wondering, where, where is that seminary? Well, that is Benos Bina, and that is Ateres Nava. There's two different seminaries. Um, how do you get to it? I'm going to give you Rabbi Grossberg. Call him, wake him up at 2 in the morning, do what you got to do. Um, his number, Rabbi Grossberg's number is, I hope he's not upset I'm giving out his number, but I'm sure he's not. Rabbi Grossberg's number is, hold on, here we go. 4-5, or go to www.oranava.com um, Look for uh, Teres Nava, Ben Ospina. Send us an email. Send me an email at rzw, Rabbi Zachai Wallstein, at ohrnava.com And um, we'll hook you up with um, either one of these two seminaries. Um, I don't know what's going to be with Eretz Yisrael. I hope they open. But if not, we're like Eretz Yisrael in Brooklyn. Just missing... The Kedusha, and this thing, the Kaisal, and Kevurachal, and Marzamachpeler, and Shemaychoy, and all these amazing different places. Alright. Tough Pasha this week. Pasha's Korach. 
Um, let's let's um, talk about let's talk about um, Pasha's Korach. Um, before we talk about Pasha's Korach, I just want you to know that Ornava, we are working very very hard, long meetings. We are. We want this Tishabov um, to be the last Tishabov. Now it can't be the last Tishabov because Tishabov means the ninth of Av. It'll always be the ninth of Av, um, but it should be the last Tishabov. That's that's a tiniest Tishabov. It should be a Yontiv Tishabov, and the Yontiv of Tishabov, Hashem Mashiach and the Beis Hamikdash. So we want to help build the Beis Hamikdash. We have decided to do a build the Beis Hamikdash marathon, Hashem on Tishabov. Svaric rabbis speaking, Ashkenaz rabbis speaking, um, a whole day, Mitzvah Shem, to give Klaishel Chizik. A lot of people have had Tishabov before Tishabov this year, lost a lot of people, a lot of depression and anxiety, um, and Ornava is the place to get Chizik. And Mitzvah Shem, the rabbeim and the speakers um, on Tishabov, many new speakers, different speakers, different kind of program. It's building bricks, we're going to build brick by brick. The, the Beis HaMikdash. Now, what is Rabbi Rab- Wolsey, what do you mean you're going to build brick by big brick the Beis HaMikdash on, on Tisha B'av? And the answer is that it says, beautiful shot, beautiful Dvatara. It says that the third Beis HaMikdash is made out of fire. If it's made out of fire, it's going to come down from Shemayim Be'esh. So there's a big kasha on that. How's the Kayin going to go into the Beis HaMikdash that's on fire? He's going to burn up. What does that mean? So a lot of big tzaddikim said, that the base Hamigdash is going to be brick. That's going to come down the third base. I mean, stone. But the Aish is going to come from Shemayim, the, the love and the Chizik and the Torah and the Kirov and the mitzvahs that were done with fire from Klai Yisrael. That fire is what's going to build the base Hamigdash. So our incentive this Tishimov is to light that fire. To get that fire going. So that we can, Mitzvah Hashem, build the Beis Hamikdash. Okay, this week's Pasha. Very hard to understand what happened here. So let's let's look inside, and we're going to break it down. And a lot of people have this test of of jealousy um, and lashon hara, and um, as human beings, the first avera, which we'll talk about. The first avera that was ever done was done from jealousy. So the DNA of the first sin, which is in all of us, is jealousy. You you don't talk Lashon Hara on Martians. Because you're not jealous of Martians. They don't exist. You talk Lashon Hara on people that you're jealous of. And you, you want to not speak, you know, good about. That's who you, that's who you talk Lashon Hara on. Okay. So... Let's look at what happened. Vayikach, Koyrach, ben Yitzhar, ben Kohos, ben Levi. Koyrach, ben Yitzhar, ben Kohos, ben Levi. Aaron wanted to keep his name out of it. Vedasen v'aviram, two enemies of Moshe Rabbeinu, who, who spoke, who told Paro that Moshe killed the Mitzri, who put the mon out on Shabbos. Uh, I mean, they didn't stop causing pain and problems for for Moshe Rabbeinu. And Oyn ben Peles, who came from the Shevet Ruvain. We see later on that Oyn ben Peles did not get swallowed up. So everybody knows the story that Oyn ben Peles' wife said, I don't understand. You you want to become the Kohen Gadol? But, but, but you're not even a Levi. And, and you can only have one Kohen Gadol. So Ara Kayan is going to be, I mean, not Ara, um, Kairach is going to become the Kayan. You're not going to get anything anyway. So like, why are you doing this? Doesn't make logic. Women are logical. Doesn't make any logical sense. But he said, no, when you gave him all the Machoikas, it really doesn't make sense. So I'm going. So she gave him wine to drink. And he fell asleep. And when they came to pick him up, all these Sadiqim, because Kairach said that, uh, the Klaus, uh, Kulam Kedoshim were all very holy, right? So they came to the house. She knew that they had a Fruma Yetzirah, so to say. So she uncovered her hair. When she uncovered her hair, listen, listen to how, wow, can you get twisted? 
Wow, from jealousy, can you get twisted, everybody? Listen to this. He's like, Kodak's a from guy. And, and he's, and he's from. And he walks by this house, and this guy he's gonna pick up, Oim Ben Pelas, his wife, has her hair uncovered. Oh no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that guy. I'm not taking someone whose hair is uncovered, the husband. He's gonna ruin it for all of us. He's not holy. He has a wife that's not holy. He said, let your husband sleep. We don't want him. He's not Kaddish. Meshuggah, you, you're going against Hashem. You're going against Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron HaKayin. And you're worried that the woman's hair is uncovered? Yeah. We all draw a line in the sand, everybody. Yeah. We have this from kite sometimes that's a little bit twisted. Like you're worried her hair is uncovered? Meanwhile, you're going against Hashem? So they ask a beautiful question. Why don't you uncover her hair? Why don't you pull up her skirt a little bit? A couple of inches above her knee. <laughs> She's not from, he would have walked away. Why specifically did she know, or was she trying to tell him something by uncovering her hair? Uncover your hair, maybe he thought it was a shaitl anyway, or they were sfardim, so they didn't wear shaitl. Maybe that's how he knew. She didn't have a head covering. They didn't wear shaitl. But, but what, what was the point in uncovering her hair? Chazal says something amazing. Moshe, you know what she was telling him? You see my hair on my head? There's no two hairs that come out of the same hole, the same follicle. Every hair has its own follicle. That's the way it is. Right? And therefore, Kairach, you have a job as a, as a levy, Aaron has a job, Moshe Rabbeinu has a job. Why are you trying to be another hair in the same follicle? A person's head, Hashem didn't create us that way. Every hair has its own follicle. So she uncovered her head. She said, look at my head. What are you doing? He was gone. He's not taking her. Okay. Anyway, so they go against Moshe Rabbeinu. I just want to show you how how twisted. I'm going to tell you, read from inside the Medrash. It's not normal. How twisted the Nachash, the snake, the jealousy, that's what the snake did to Chava, how twisted it can make your brain. So, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Kairach, I don't understand. We separated you from Kla Yisrael. We made you Levium. We gave you the job of carrying the Mishkan. Right? You're not a Yisrael that got nothing. What, what, Mahu Kisalinu alav? What, what are you complaining about? And Moshe Rabbeinu, as much as every turn in his life, Dustin Vaviram went against him to show you what a tzaddik he was. By Yishlach Moshe Likro Dustin Vaviram B'nai Eliyav. And Moshe sent to Dustin Vaviram to make peace, even after everything they did. And they said, we're not, we're not meeting you, we're not going up. Now you have to hear this, Moshe. Listen to how corrupt a person could become. Isn't it bad enough, Moshe, that you took us up from a land that flows with milk and honey? You hear what they're calling Mitzrayim? They're using Zavat Chaludvash, which was Eretz Yisrael, and they're saying, isn't it bad enough you took us from what land? Flowing of milk and honey, you were Egyptian slaves. What are you talking about? To have me sent by midbar to to kill us in the midbar. Not only you didn't bring us to a land of flows with milk and honey, but that that if you if you poked out our eyes. Crazy Lushan, they said to him. If you poked out our eyes, we still wouldn't go. Terrence Yisrael. They're crazy. They told Moshe Ben, he came to make peace, and they're like, you took us from a land that flows with milk and honey, Mitzrayim, and you're not taking us to a land that flows with milk and honey, and you know what, Moshe Rabbeinu? If you poked out my eyes, they didn't realize they were, they were speaking about their own death. Lo Nala, we're not going to go up. Right, you went down, you got swallowed into the earth. And Moshe, and we're going to learn something about Tefillah here. 
Moshe became very angry. Do not, do not accept anything that they offer you. So the question is, why did he have to say that? Because Moshe Rabbeinu knew, like they were doing the wrong thing, right? So if they're doing the wrong thing, what was he worried about that Hashem would accept one of their kabanos? They're doing the wrong thing. Why, would, why was he worried about that? Why do you have to dive into Hashem that he wouldn't accept one of their kabanos? So it's brought down as far as that he knew the power of tefillah, and he knew that even if someone wants to do something wrong, if he davens enough, he, Hashem will help them do it. So he had to daven that Hashem would not accept their tefillah, even though they were going against Hashem. That's everyone who's listening. That's the power of tefillah. To daven against Hashem, if you daven with kavanah, Hashem will listen to you. Moshe Ben had to daven against their davening. Okay. So let's let's take a look at very deep, very deep, very deep Kabbalistic thought tonight from from the Avas Chaim. So the way the way it works, the way it works in Gilgal and in Tikkun is a person person has to come back to this world to to fix what he messed up last time. He has to be put in the exact same position, in the exact same place, with the exact same Yitzhahara. Otherwise, you didn't fix what you came for. If you have more support, then it's not the same situation that you had last time. Um, I heard a very good marshal. There was a guy who, let's say a guy, when he was in last Gilgal, he was Mushmid, he became a Christian, and he went to church. So that means that to fix what he did, he has to end up in church. But how could he end up in church if he's fixing what he did? Right? If he ends up in church, then he's the same guy that he did last time. What are you doing in church? So he said, very interesting. He said, there are three ways he could end up in church in this Gilgal. Maybe more, but three ways we know. One way is he does it again. So he failed. Another way is a lot of 12-steppers, a lot of people who have addictions, whether it's uh, drugs or alcohol or gambling, whatever it is, so they have these 12-step meetings. Most, most majority of 12-step meetings is in the basement of a church. So he could end up in a church, but not going to do an avera, being mishumid. He's going to fix a, a, an addiction. Still not good. Third way is he's a guy that goes and he does kiruv and he goes into churches and takes Jewish kids out. So you're going to end up in a church. The question is, it's up to you how you're going to end up in the church. I've said this story many times, but it's mamish, a true story. So, so many, many, many years ago, I always say by Hatzalah, when I speak at Hatzalah dinners, I, I, I always speak about this. Um, so many years ago, I, so I, I go to sleep very late, and when I go to sleep next to my bed, I put my phone, and when I go to sleep, I put my phone on silent. So I tell everyone, if you're going to call me, and I answer, you didn't wake me up, because it's on silent. So if I answer, it means I was up, I didn't put it on silent yet. Okay, one night I came home, it's a true story, I came home at 3 o'clock, it was a very long night, I was in the hospital with a girl who OD'd. I was in door. I was running all over. Flat. I was a crazy night. I was wiped out of my head. I was so tired, and um, I get into bed, and you know how you go. You put your, get your socks off and your shoes off, and you get into bed. And you put on that blanket, and blanket's nice and cool, and the pillow's nice and cool, and your head gets on the pillow. I always say, like, what is the worst thing that can happen to you when you put your head on your pillow and your blanket? You get your feet between your blanket, and you're ready to, to go to sleep, and you're like, oh my gosh. I didn't have my roof. And you know, there's no excuses today because in Flatbush you can dive until 1. In Borough Park you can dive until 3.30. So like, what are you going to tell Hashem? It's 2 o'clock and you realize you didn't dive and you got to get dressed, get in your car, go to Shem Shabbos 13th Avenue and dive my roof. So like, the worst thing is like, oh my gosh, I didn't dive my roof. What is the best feeling in the world, everybody? Oh no, I did. I dived early tonight. <laughs> best feeling. It's happened. It's happened to me a few times. Anyway, the true story. So anyway, 
So I get into bed at 3 o'clock. I can't keep my eyes open. I'm like, I'm getting tired just telling the story. And I'm laying in bed, and I'm fading out. And I forgot to turn my phone off. The one night, I forgot to put my phone on silent. I don't turn it off, because if there's messages, I want to see them in the morning. But I put it on silent. I forgot to put it on silent. My phone's ringing. I'm mamish half asleep. It's like 3.10. I'm like, now what do I do? Who's calling me at 3.10 in the morning? I look at the number, right? And... I don't recognize the number, so now I'm, I'm very nervous. I have I have seminary dorms, I have BCA dorms. I have I, I don't know who's calling me, so I pick it up. I'm like, hello, hello. I figure you know, when you answer the phone, you're like, hello. The person on the other phone will have Rahman. If he heard they woke you up, they'll hang up, right? So I'm like, hello, and they're like, hi, is this Rabbi Wallerstein? I'm like, you wouldn't be calling at three ten if it wasn't. <laughs> hi, this is at Sullivan Little Basin. I'm like, hi, what can I do for you? Um, we have one of your girls that we picked up in the park. Um, she's she's vomiting violently. Uh, we think she overdosed. Um, she's fighting with us, and she's saying like, if Rabbi Wallstein goes, then I'll go. I'll go to the hospital. Otherwise, I'm not going. So they're like, um, we need you to come to the hospital with us. I'm like, okay, you're in Mill Basin, so. Do me a favor, call me when you get to my block. I'm going to sleep for 20 minutes. i got to sleep. I need to sleep. So call me when you get to my block, and I'll come down. And I don't even remember half of it. And they're like, Rabbi, we're in your driveway. Like that. Like, you know where I live? Of course we know where you live. We're in your driveway. I'm like, oh, my God. Estee. Anyway, I'm like, Going down the steps, I got dressed. I think I even put on slippers. I was like, I got dressed. I'm, I'm like walking into the wall. I'm like, Hashem, I don't hop. Like, you made me not turn off my phone. She would go to the hospital without me. They'll force her. They'll handcuff her, whatever. I'm like, why don't you let me sleep? And I get into the ambulance, and she's on the gurney. She's throwing up her brains. Mom is throwing up like crazy. And she's like looking at me like, okay, well, we're all seen here. And I'm sitting, you know, this, these two side, you should never know, these two side benches. I'm sitting on the side bench and, the, and they're going to the hospital. And I'm like, eh, okay. First of all, I know I have to sit with her now in the emergency room. That's it. My night is over. Over, over, over. And I'm sitting there and I'm like really upset. Like, had I not turned on my phone, they would not have been able to reach me. And they would have gone to the hospital. And I'm sitting on that gurney. And I tell it to all the other guys. And all of a sudden I have this thought. One second. It was written on Rosh Hashanah, because everything's written on Rosh Hashanah. Sechaya Wallstein is going to be in an ambulance, going to Maimonides emergency room at 3.20 Tuesday a.m. morning. That's going to happen. How you're in the ambulance is up to you. If you help kids... And you get up in the middle of the night to help kids. You're not going to have a heart attack. You're not going to have cancer. You're not going to be dying. You're going to be sitting doing chesed, helping a girl that needs you. So you're going to be in that ambulance. How you're going to be in that ambulance depends on how you're living your life. You're going to be in that ambulance. And all of a sudden I was like, cool. I'm not the sick one. I'm on the way to the hospital to help a girl that needs my help. So I'm going to get a whole night of mitzvahs here. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not suffering. I don't have a heart attack or a stroke or anything like that. I'm going to go back, Mitzvah Shem, after four or five hours with her, go back to my life, and she's going to be okay, Mitzvah Shem. And what was written on Rosh Hashanah is going to come true. The question is, are you going to be in a church because you went off the derech or because you're, you're addicted or because you're helping people? Depends what you're doing in your life. You're addicted, you'll end up in the church going to... Going to Going to uh, 12 steps. If you're going off to Derech, you're going to end up in a church uh, with, uh, with a priest um, getting a, a cookie in your mouth and some water on your head. I don't know. Whatever. But if you're doing mitzvahs, then you're going to end up in a good place. So you, whatever's written... So, so when we say in Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Tzedakah, 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 Ma'avirin, Tzedakah, What does that mean? Ma'avirin, Tzedakah, what does that mean? doesn't mean they're going to break the right, they're going to rip up the right, Zera. Mavirin means they're going to exchange it, they're going to move it, they're going to overcome it. 
What does that mean? Because tshuva and tefillah and tzedakah, so no matter what it, where it says you're going to be, the gezerah that was supposed to be you in the ambulance, and you chashashalam on the stretcher, and you on oxygen, and you throwing up your brains, is going to be mavir in Israel, because you do tshuva, and you do tefillah, and you do chesed, you do tzedakah, so you're not going to be the sick one, you're going to be the one helping the sick one. That's why we say mavir in Israel, it's going to change the roya of the gezerah, it's not going to rip up the roya ha So, Gilgal has to put you in the same place. You ready for this, everyone? It's going to blow your mind. Even Moshe Shofar is going to blow your mind. The first Avera, the first part I'm going to go through fast. The first Avera that was done was the Avera of jealousy. The Nachash, Hayaara Mikol Chayas Asada. He was, he wasn't, he was very, it doesn't say he was raw, he was bad. It says he was a schemer. What did, what did, how did he get the woman to do the Avera? What did he do? He said the following. She, she was by the tree many times. She didn't take from the tree. But in Pasuk Hay, he said, Ki lokin. Hashem knows. Why can't you eat from the tree? Ki because the day you eat from the tree, Chava, and your eyes will open, what's going to happen? You're going to be like God. And Hashem doesn't want you to be like Him. He wants to be a sniveling little person. A little human being. Chava, if you eat from the tree, you're going to be just like him. You're going to have everything he has. Jealousy. Washin' horror. And all of a sudden, when you become jealous, and the woman saw that the tree is good to eat. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't see that food is good to eat. You taste food then you know it's good to eat. When she looked at whatever was growing, the grape, the wheat, whatever it was that was growing, that was the Eitz Hadas, what do you mean she saw it was good? You don't see food is good. You taste food is good. No. When you're jealous, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to smile. Now I don't care where you are. If you're in your car, you're going to smile. When you go to the restaurant, you, what do you ask the waitress? What are they eating? She goes by with a plate. You're like, Wow. What are they eating? What did they get? What's on his plate? Listen, I've done it also. What, what are you looking at someone else's plate for? Because if he's getting it, it must be good. It must be good. I had this in a restaurant. You should know my wife's not here. Um, but if she was here, she would tell you it's a true story. I went to this very fancy restaurant and I got a dish. And the guy across the table saw what I got. And he asked the waiter, he said, what is that? And he, he, said, um, he said, whatever it is. And he asked me, Wallace, is it good? I said, it's amazing. And then he ordered it, and he left it over. It's a true story. Because he didn't need to eat it, he just wanted to have what I had. Like, oh, that slice looks really better, because it has more cheese, because his slice, his side of the pizza is better than my side of the pizza. So the minute, the minute the Nachash told her that Hashem has something you don't have, shh. What happens, everybody? When you see, you're looking at what someone else has, the it became a taiva, a lust. All of a sudden, this fruit that she never tasted, she has no idea what it tastes like. She's lusting after it. What are you lusting after it? You didn't even taste it. Nobody tasted it. Nobody even told you that it was good. No, but if Hashem has it and I don't, then I lust after it. Whenever I say this, ladies get very angry at me. She ate from it, and then she gave her husband to eat from it. So everyone asks, when she ate from the tree, she was like Hashem, she knew Toiv So she was way above Adam. Adam only knew Toiv. She was godly. Why would she give him to eat from the tree? She was the master now. Imagine she had a husband that everything was Toiv. Everything was Toiv. I burnt your food. Great. I ripped your clothing in the washing machine. Oh, amazing. Uh, I'm not coming tonight uh, with you to your friend. Oh, who cares? Fascinating. Perfect husband. What would you give him to eat from the tree? Zakh Rashi. Ah, oh, what a Rashi. Zakh Rashi. Pasig Vav. Zakh Rashi. 
She gave it to her husband. Says Rashi, why did she give it to her husband? She knew that once you eat from the tree, you're going to die. So she said, I'm one day going to die, and he's going to live. No way over my dead body, literally. No way I'm going to let him live and I'm going to die. So everyone asked, why not? What does it bother you? Let the guy live. Because if I die, he's going to marry someone else. So I'm going to kill you. I'm going to give you to eat from the Eitzadas so you die because I don't want to die and you should marry someone else. The jealousy from the tree, from the Nachash, was in her DNA already. Chava, with all respect, there was no other woman. What were you worried about? What's the Yisa Acheres? You were the only woman. And the answer is, that when it comes to jealousy, things don't even need to make sense. You don't even need to drive... If the other guy has a car, you don't even have a license, but he has a beautiful car, you're jealous. Why are you jealous? You don't drive. I know. But if I would drive, I would want such a car. I hear this all the time. It's crazy. Jealousy is crazy. Look what happened to Kairach this week. He lost everybody. His kids, his grandchildren, little kids, big kids, his wife, his riches, everything. And you were a levy, and you had what to do, and you were chosen. Not good enough. You have something I don't have. Now, because DNA in our DNA is this jealousy, it came right out when they had children. We see that that Cain was very jealous of Hevel. Hevel's carbon went up straight, and Cain's carbon did not go up straight. So Hashem said, Why are you so angry? Why did you fall on your face? They were in the field and, and he killed him because he was jealous of him because his, his carbon went up and his carbon did not go up. And Hashem said, ready for this? What did you do to your brother? I hear his voice crying to me from the ground. In Sefer Gulgulim, Rav Chaim Vital. It is brought down that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Gilgal of Havel. And Korach was the Gilgal of Cain. What was Cain jealous of Havel? That he was able to bring a carbon that was accepted by Hashem and he wasn't. What was the jealousy of Korach of Aharon? That Aaron was a Kayin, could bring a carbon, and a lady couldn't. So Korach came back as Kayin with a chance. Korach had a chance to fix what Kayin did. Same jealousy for the same reason. That's what has to be. You have to be in the same position. How do we know? that it was in the same place. The Mishnah in Pekayavos says, I believe it's in, it's in Perik Hay. The Mishnah Pekayavos Perik Hay says the following. Asara Devarim Nivru Be'erev Shabbat Mishnechas in Perakay, Asarad Rabbi Rabbi Shabbos Ben Ashmashes Ve'Eluhein, ten things were created Ben Ashmashes before Shabbos. Piaretz, the mouth of the earth. What happened by Kairach, everyone? The mouth. Moshe Rabbeinu said that something's going to something's going to kill you. That's going to be extremely unusual, and that if that's what happens, then you know that it's from Hashem. So what happened? If you die like any other person, then Hashem, then Hashem didn't send me. But if something is created, 
and the earth opens up its mouth, Ubala, and swallows you alive, then you know that it's from Hashem. The Mishnah says that Benach Moshe, it's Erev Shabbos, Hashem created the mouth of the earth. What does that mean, everyone who's listening? How many mouths did Hashem create? No, how many mouths of the earth? One. What was he swallowed by? The mouth of the earth. Who was Cain? Who was Karach? Cain. You ready? Va'atar, in Pasha's Bereshis. Hashem said to Cain, Va'atar, Oror Atom and Hadomah, you're going to be cursed from the land, the earth. Ashes, Potasa, Espiel, Akachas, Mechichim Yodacha. That opened up its mouth to swallow your brother's blood. Which means if there's only one mouth created in the earth, it had to be the same place. There's only one mouth. And the only time it mentions the mouth of the earth swallowed is by Cain, where he killed Hevel, and by Karach being swallowed up. Same place, same Yitzhahara. Now comes the big one. So, how's Hashem going to punish Karach, Mida, Kineged, Mida? He failed. Hashem gave him another chance. He came back as Karach, and he was given another chance. He fell for the same jealousy. What was the punishment? Hashem is very into... Mida Keneged Mida. What was the punishment that Hashem gave Kairach? So everyone knows that Kairach was swallowed into the earth. And the Gemara says that there was an Arab that was traveling and he heard a voice from the earth and he put his ear to the ground and Kairach was saying, Moshe Emes Vesaresh Emes. He's stuck between this world and the next world and he's in the earth and he's saying, Moshe Emes Vesaresh Emes. Why is that Mida Keneged Mida for Kain what he did? Listen to the Pasuk. Ba'ato. Oro Atom and Hadama, right? Oh, Vayayme, Mosisa, Kol, Demei Ochicha, so Akim Alayman Hadama, Moshe makes no sense. The voice of the blood of your brother is crying to me from the ground. Blood doesn't have a voice. What are you saying, Hashem? That the voice of the blood of your brother was crying to me from the Adama. Said Hashem. Hevel's voice that was crying from the Adama, Cain, who is now Kairach, Kairach, your voice forever will cry to me from the ground. Mida, Keneged, Mida. Same spot. Same Avera. The voice of your brother cried to me from the ground. Now your voice will always cry from the ground. Hashem is Mamish, Mida, Keneged, Mida. He was given another chance. And he failed in the same place, in the same reason. Jealousy. The power of jealousy for Dustin Vaviram can call Mitzrayim Eretz That's how, how bad you can become. How twisted you can become from jealousy. You cannot even think straight. Now listen to this. The Lashon Hara, actually, ladies, don't be angry, but the Lashon Hara, Kairach, it's a big mug of lemon juice. Shalom to everybody. Shout out to Hashivenu, the first organization to ever make a Shabbaton, many, many years ago. My friends, the Zakatinskis. Anyway, so, what happened was, the Levim were waved, they were shaven from the head to their toe, they had to shave all the skin, their hair off, and when he came home, his wife said, you look like a monkey. That's what she said, you look like a Christ, you look like a monkey. And, and doesn't it bother you that Moshe Rabbeinu made such a fool out of you? So she, she cocked him up. But I want to read you an unbelievable medrash, just to show you. When he heard this, the Esam, he made a, he made a fool out of me. So he went to gather, um, he went to gather all the people. They didn't recognize him. He was totally shaven. He was bald. His eyelids, his eyebrows, his beard, everything. His head. Who did this to you? He said. He said, not only did Moshe do this to me, but he did it to all the Levim. And then he shook us like a bunch of Lulavim. But to Aaron, he didn't do this. He put on all these beautiful 
begadim, and, and he didn't shake him, and he didn't shave him, and he didn't all that stuff. So, so, he said, how could you handle Moshe? He made himself a king, he made his brother Kohen Gadol. Okay, anyway, so listen to what he said. He said, he called everyone together, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I heard that there's an almana, a, a widow, who lives in my area, said Kairach, and she's very poor, and she has two daughters. And all her rechush, all she owned, was one sada, a small little field, and from that, she supported herself and her two daughters. What's wrong with this story, Moshe? So far. Let's see if you're on it. She had a field, two daughters, she supported herself from the field. Was there any field in the Midbar? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? No field? They were traveling every day. Got a field. Wait, you're not done. She started to, this lady, started to plow her field. Moshe Rabbeinu came. Amalo Moshe. His hurry. You know the law. You're now allowed to have a a, uh, a donkey, right? A donkey and an ox together. Hashem said, Okay. When she started to seed the field, she said, Make sure you don't put the seeds together. She came to, to, to harvest. Don't forget to leave for the poor. She came to put the wheat in the in the warehouse. She said, Don't forget to give Truma. She did everything Moshe told her to do. I can't do this. I can't worry about my animals, worry about my seeds, worry about my truma and my sir. So you know what? I can't do all this work. So I'm going to sell the field and I'm going to buy two lambs. And I'm going to sell their wool. Okay? So she decided to do that. She buys the two lambs. Along comes Aaron and he says, number one, when the lambs give birth, the first one you have to give my sir, right? And then you have to give from the Wool, when you shed the, when you share the wool, you have to give meister, and you have to, you have to give racist gazes. I want to say, you know what? I can't do this. I, I can't, I can't be so busy with all this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to shech the lambs. That's it, finish. I can't, I can't deal with all this. So, Aaron came and said, listen, you have to give the coin the zroya, the lechayim, the keva. Um, she said, I see that I can't get rid of you, Aaron, even when I shech the animals. You know what? I'm going to put everything in Cherem. So, when you put everything in Cherem, the Cherem goes to the Kayin. So, Achshav Titni Liakol. Because the Kosh Bochu said, Kochem Yisrael, L'choyiya. So now I get everything. And she had nothing, and she had nothing left for her two daughters. Shabdava Umesa Barav. The Almana died with her two daughters from hunger. Eluhem HaMaisim Shasab Moshim Echav. This is what Moshe is doing with his brother. And they blame everything on God. This is what he told all the Jewish people. This was the story that he told them. He says, I don't understand. When a sipa has that, she sipa lim koyach, mut mikoyach kama gadol koyach shalashan hara. Shalvi shashem yedem shakomash shemidabe la lashan hara. He knew, they knew it wasn't true. Shekhe bechazam, bechazam nechnasam adram lilibam. They believed him. Shari yisro ba mid baloyoya makam le lachwisha le lazria. When the Jews were in the midbar, they didn't have a field to, 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 to harvest and to plant. Loy makam zroya vetein of a gefam uriman, it says. In came, hekan hais loyis almana sada. Where did you get a field from? And they were not mitzvah yet on the mitzvahs of matanas of Maisa, Truman, all this and Leka Shicha. That was all in Eretz Yisrael. What do you mean they died from hunger? They had mun, and they had water from the from the rack. What are you talking about? How can they die from hunger? They had mun. Totally not true stuff. In Cain, Cain said, "Mesal manim aral." How did she die from hunger? Ela kol advarim eila bedod karech liboi kedei lav loshen hara v'nichsu advarim libam shemuchus mechusrei hadas. That that loshen hara doesn't have to make any sense. Chava gave 
gave Adam poison, stuff to, that would kill him, that would bring Misha to the world. Because she was worried that if she dies, he's going to marry someone else. And there was no one else to marry. So we have to work, especially in these weeks, we have to work very hard on understanding what Om Ben Pelos's wife, that each person is in one follicle in this world. You are one here in the head of the world. You're one here, and you're coming out of one hole. And there's no room for another person in that hole. Shem doesn't make copies. I was telling a girl this week, and I'll just end after that with two short stories. Got a lot of stuff going on tonight. By the way, everybody, everybody, I get a mazel tov. So let's make a big suuda tonight, Moshe. My sefer came out today. And it says when your sefer comes out, it's like having a baby. It's more than having a baby, because a child lives for 100 years, the sefer lives forever. But Gamliel says he always makes a suuda. So I, I, I wanted to show it to you. Um, I, I don't have it in my hands. I actually forgot it in the office. But uh, yeah, they're in the farm stores. Everyone who donated a day, you, get, you don't have to buy it. We, you can get it mailed. But uh, honor them, revere them. Came out today. Please go buy it. Learn it this Shabbos. Give it a name. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Anyway, so that was big Malatov. Um I didn't even know it came out today, and I got the bell rang, and guys were coming. They said, "Could you, could you write something? I just bought the book. Can you write something to me in it?" I'm like, "Where did you buy the book?" And they're like, "It's in the Sparrow stores." I'm like, "Wow, amazing! Hashem, Hashem! Thank you, Rabbi Finkelman, for doing this with me together. A project forever. The Manyuichin Yemecha, huge, 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 huge. Anyway." Um, what I want to say. I want to tell you um, two stories that, oh, about this girl, this girl, oh, this girl came to me this week, so I'm trying to give her chizik, so I'm telling everyone that if you wake up in the morning, if you wake up in the morning, then you should be very happy and say moda'ani, not when you go to sleep at night and, and see if you had a good day, but that, that you woke up in the morning is, is something to be very excited about because um, Hashem is saying that if it wasn't for you today, if if you weren't in my world today, then my world wouldn't be able to exist today. So, because if you're not needed in Hashem's world, you're, you're not waking up. You're not, you're not making the next day. So, Moda'ani is, wow, because you believe that you need me and your world to, for the world to exist today. You go to the bathroom, you watch, you go to the bathroom, you watch Negevas, and you look in the mirror, and you give a big smile and say like, without me, there's no world today. Wow. And you have a reason to be happy. When you get out of the bathroom, try to figure out why. What am I supposed to do today? And Mitzvah Hashem, you do the right thing. You'll know at night before you go to sleep. You know what? There's a reason. There was a reason for me to be here today. I always think about what happened that day. There's a reason for me today. Mitzvah Hashem, tomorrow I'm going to give you another reason, Hashem. Give me another day of life. So that's why we say Moda'ani in the morning. So this girl says to me yesterday, How do you know? Maybe... You just got up the next morning because you're already there. So Hashem was like, just leave her there. Maybe there's no reason for you to be up. It's not that you get up the next morning because Hashem's saying the world can't exist without you. You just happen to be there. So I said, Chazal say that every blade of grass has a reason to be in this world. And if it doesn't have a reason in this world, it dies. Every blade of grass. So if a blade of grass has a reason, a person surely has a reason. And, and I told her a story, a very famous story. I don't know who the two G'daylim were. They were discussing that everything has a reason. And eh, Hashem Tzbriya. And then this leaf went floating, you know, autumn time, you know, in the fall. This leaf went floating to the ground. And one of the Rabbanim asked the other rabbi, it's a true story. He said, Ah! Oh, everything has a reason? What's the reason that that leaf fell off the tree and landed there? Not there. Or there. He said, listen, I don't know. The true story. But let's look. What do you mean, let's look? Let's pick up the leaf and see what's under it. Alright. Picks off the leaf. There's this little green inchworm that was drying out in the sun. Dying. And Hashem made this leaf fall onto the inchworm so that it wouldn't dry out in the sun. And they were like, a leaf has a reason for falling in that spot. And surely, I told her, you're not extra. There's no extra. Hashem has no extra. There's not one extra letter in the Torah. There's an extra letter in your Torah, your mezuzah, your tefillin. It's possible. 
there's nothing extra in his world. And the Torah represents the world. You're not extra. Whoever looks in the mirror and thinks they're extra, you're looking very, very wrong into the mirror. Hashem doesn't make copies, and He doesn't make extra. And therefore, every human being has its own fingerprint. Because the fingerprint is saying that you are not a copy. If you were a copy, you have the same fingerprint. No two people have the same fingerprint. No two people, actually, if you're a little scientific, you know biology, no two people, I don't know how many people are in the world, five billion more, I don't know how many people, have the same DNA. No, it's not the same DNA. The, the, the DNA is going to be a little off. No one has the same DNA. Nobody has the same... same Twins do not have the same fingerprints. So everybody is what she was saying. Oh, Ben Pellis is right. Everybody is one hair in one follicle. And stop trying to copy and stop trying to want what the other person has. And that's where, that's where jealousy and that's where Lush and Hara comes from. Anyway, my sister's a story. About a treasure that was under a bridge. A guy, someone had a dream that under a bridge in Vienna, there's a huge treasure hidden. Okay, therefore, he went there, and he went to the bridge, and he tried to figure out how to do this, because that day there were a lot of people, he didn't want them to see him digging. What are you digging for? A treasure? Oh, we'll take it. A soldier. So I'm standing under the bridge. What are you standing there? What are you thinking about? I'm going to tell them why I'm here, and I'll split it with him. The sepal they call the Indian. He said to him, that is so interesting. I also had a dream. He said, really? And what was your dream? And he said, I had a dream that there's a Jew that lives in this and this town. And this is his name. And he has a huge treasure underneath his house. And he was like, that's my name. He didn't tell him, that's my name and my town. I'm not telling this guy. Right? Why would I, why do I need to share it with him? So, um, actually was in the Mahsan. What's the Mahsan? The attic. No, Mahsan's a basement, right? Like a, that they have an energy stroll, storage, right. Okay. So, Nasa Ishla Beisai, he went home to his house, the Chafa of a Mahsan Shaloi, and he dug in the Mahsan, Umatsa and he found this treasure. This is a Nayridika Mashal, Nayridika metaphor, this story. And the man said, now I know. The treasure was always by me. I had to go all the way there to Vienna to find out that the treasure is really by me. The same is in the Indian of serving Hashem. You don't need to go anywhere. Your potential is your treasure. He said, sometimes you need to go to a tzaddik to be told that, that you are the treasure. You are the greatness. You don't have to go looking for it elsewhere. It's in you. When you look at that mirror in the morning, you realize that Hashem is saying that without you, there is no world. You realize, I don't need to go seek the treasure in other places. I am the treasure. And then you'll never have anxiety, and you'll never have depression, if you know that that's who you are. And that's what Karach needed to know. Karach was looking, Kain Gadol, Meshrabbeinu, leader. Karach, you were great. You were the richest Jew. He was a huge Tamachacham, had a huge following. Why are you looking for greatness in Moshe Rabbeinu's job or in Aaron Akoni's job? The greatness is in you. Stop looking everywhere else. It's in you. Don't don't chase shadows. 
shadows are fleeting. They get bigger, they get smaller. When the sun comes out, there is no shadow. It's the person, it's the real person, not the shadow. Many people are always, they're chasing the shadow. The shadow disappears when the light's on it. The shadow's not the person. Look at who you are. Last story of the night. So, there's a lot of people that take a lot of stuff on themselves. And they're finding it a little bit hard. L'chaim time, everybody. Somebody's watching says, does he drink beer in that lemon water? Anyway. Um, this is beautiful. I said this by the uh, Torah Eddie time, uh, the, the two nights, three nights ago. But I find this to be very important because a lot of people are taking on a lot of things and it's very hard and life is very hard and they don't have jobs and things are very hard and they don't know how to get through this. So I would like to read you a story from Rav Nachman from the Sipure Maisius from the Sipurim Umoshalom. It's called the Evan Hagadol. We'll end with this, the big stone. Pamachas Diber Rabbeinu, he said a story about a king who sent his son to learn Chachma, to learn wisdom. When he learned all the wisdom and he came back and the king said to him, Okay, I spent a lot of money on your education. I mean, we tell that to our kids, right? To get wisdom, here's what I want you to do. Here's the puzzle. He says, I want you to take this stone that came from a grinder. So it's a huge stone, impossible for you to carry. Impossible. And I want you to carry it from the castle floor till the attic. The kid couldn't do it. And the, the son was very pained. That he couldn't do what his father wanted him to do. So, he came to his father... And he said, Ta, I don't understand. You gave me a job that's impossible. So his father said, I thought I sent you to get Chachma. He said, you think I expect you to carry this stone the way it is to the attic? It is impossible. He said, I needed you to use your Chachma. Shetikach patish, take a chisel, chazak, a strong one. Usake usafaisis is the evan the chatikos katanos, and use the chisel to crack the stone into many pieces. Uvazeh tuchal lalos esay aliyah, and with that, you now can carry all the pieces of the stone. I said, get the stone. I didn't say in one piece. Get the stone to the attic. Take a hammer, take a chisel, and splinter it. And then carry little by little. Listen to this, Moshe. Kamokain, Hashem Yisbarach, the same way Hashem, He should be blessed, God should be blessed. Siva Aleinu, Shenisa Lubavenu, El El Bashamayim, to carry our hearts to the heavens. Ulavenu who leva Evan. And our hearts sometimes are as heavy as a stone. Who Evan God over covered Ma'od, and it's a very heavy, Huge stone. And we can't bring it to God. It's too heavy. Take a hammer. And break it. And get into the heart of the stone. And that way, you will be able to carry it. So everyone who's listening is, what's the hammer? What's the chisel? I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I can't do it, I'm stubborn, I can't do it, it's too much for me. So you're telling me that my heart is too heavy and too, my heart is heavy, it's a Lushan, my heart is heavy and it's too too big and I can't do this anymore. So you're telling me, Mary Wallstein, that I should take my heart and split it into little pieces and give each little piece one at a time to Hashem. But what's the hammer? Anyone out there can guess? What does Rav Nachman say is the hammer? Hapatish! The chisel and the hammer, Hutzila. It's prayer. Atkan Hamashal. When you are in pain and it's too much, break it down, break it apart, piece by piece.
and then you'll be able to bring your heart, your, your neshama, to Akash Baruch. My bracha to everyone is that you should have atzlacha and bracha. You should be able to get rid of the the jealousy, the anger, the jealousy, the lashon hara in your life, and whatever you came to this world. Hashem should take the gezeira and change it. Your bali chasadim, your bali mitzvah should change it to to amazing and good things. And in Hashem, this tishabav, we will bring the base hamigdash down from shemayim boesh in the fire and the love and the chizik and the kavana in our tefilos, in our mitzvos. That's the fire that Hashem will gather. And we'll build the base of Migdash from here. We'll be a main Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.